Good to see everybody today. So I don't know who was here last week. Anyone here last week? Show of hands. Awesome. So you would have heard Amory bring the word last week about the Israelites crossing the River Jordan. One of the things that she spoke about was when the Israelites crossed the River Jordan, God told them to actually set these stones on the other side to serve as a reminder, right? To serve as a reminder to the generations, to serve as a reminder of anyone that came behind them that they would always see and they would never forget the faithfulness of God. And then what God did in, that, in those moments when he split that river and made dry ground during uh, storm season. It's, it's quite interesting because I could imagine so many people seeing these rocks, right? And they would remember, and they would remember the, you know, what took place. Oh yeah, God parted the, the River Jordan. We crossed through on our way into the promised land, what God had for us. And it's a lot like we do today. We, we celebrate kind of the finished product, right? We celebrate these moments in time, but it's typically, it's like the end of a season. We graduate moving on to something else, the finished product, like the product release of something, we always like celebrate the end of things, right? Yeah. But meanwhile, we kind of forget the process. We, in some ways, we don't place precedence or like value on the process that got there. Better yet, the behind the scenes that got them there. So for the next month, over a month, we are entering today a new series called Behind the Scenes. We are going to bring you behind the scenes. And I figured, what better way to actually stay in a story associated with what we spoke about last week? We spoke about Joshua. Remember who took over for Moses? Moses was the one that preceded him. So I'm actually going to kind of revert back a little. We're going to go back and we're going to focus in on Moses. Not only because he was one of the most notable leaders, right, in Scripture, one of the most notable characters, let you, in Scripture, but there's something else about this man. He wasn't the flashiest of leaders. If we think back to the burning bush and God actually commissioning him and saying, this is what I want you to do, and Moses being like, are you serious? Are you speaking to me? I can't do this. And then when God tells him what to say, he's like, oh, but God, I'm not eloquent with words, and, you know, I'm not that good at speaking to people. Do you really want me to do this? And then it goes on, and we see Moses continuously battling his insecurities and his frailties. But God used him anyways. God continued to use this man, but I really believe it was because the precedence that Moses placed on spending time in the presence of God. Our behind the scenes in our faith, it actually establishes the foundation that our lives are built upon. That the stories of our lives are built upon and our legacies are built upon, are actually built upon this foundation that is done behind the scenes. Without that behind the scenes, where's our legacy? What's the type of legacy that we're going to lead? So I'm going to jump back to Moses. You know, we had Moses with the delivering God's people after 430 years in Egypt. We have the Ten Commandments. 
We have all of this that he did and throughout all of the, the um, chapters in Scripture, like the story of Moses from inception, the kingdom, to all the way to the desert, leading these people through the desert, two million people at that, he always found his way into God's presence. It was almost as if like, he realized without God's presence and without God, he would never be able to accomplish this. I love how Lee mentioned that earlier and just like how much we need Jesus. I wonder if we get that. I wonder if that revelation actually sinks in for us, that we actually really do need God, that we actually really need to spend time in his presence. Because to be frank, if we look at his entire story of Moses, I really don't believe that without God's presence in his life, he would have never been able to fulfill any of the purpose that God put in front of him. We see it time and time again. We see it like the, all of the, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, right? And he parts the Red Sea. God shows up. Parts the Red Sea. Two million people walk through the Red Sea. Completely dry. And then when they're in the desert, God shows up and God leads them. His presence leads them. A pillar of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire at night. God leads them the entire way. And then when God gave Moses the law, the Ten Commandments, God's presence shows up in a big way. This is where we're going to take off today. We're actually going to um, begin here. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Exodus chapter 33. Going to start on verses 7 through 10. Give me a quick wave if you're there. If not, you can follow on the screen. All right. Verse 7, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp, and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud, the presence of God, would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. They stood and worshipped. Verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. That's my prayer for all of us this morning. Regardless of how we look at our relationship with God, that something would shift in us this morning. Something would just, this desire would just be built up and grow inside of us this morning to spend time with God because that relationship that Moses had with God is for us as well. Yeah. Imagine being able to say that about the living God, that I actually meet with God face to face like I'm meeting with you right now, like I'm speaking with you. How cool is that? Let's begin by praying. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it does not bring back void or empty promises. It fulfills everything that you intended it to when you spoke it out. Father, I thank you for the encouragement that your word is 
and ask, Father, that you would allow us to receive everything that you have for us today in these moments and inspire us today with your word that we may hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Moses' behind-the-scenes was truly the thing that set him apart from any other leader in the Old Testament. So what I want to do with us this morning, we're going to define three stages of behind the scenes, what we could experience as well. So those three stages that worked for Moses and allowed Moses to step into all that God had for him and to lead the Israelites to the promised land that was a promise for generations and that if we take these three stages, we could implement them in our own lives and we could see fruit and see God move. Does that sound good? Yeah. Come on. All right. We're with us. We're with us. We're all awake, had our coffee, everything. I'm going to start off just, I'm going to hit the ground running. Our first stage, I'm going to tell you, is rest. We're going to call it rest. Let's go to chapter 33, verses 12 through 14. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, leave these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Valid question, right? You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. But if you're pleased with me, God, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I want to begin this stage by telling us that rest involves being, not doing. Rest involves being, not doing. Rest is not just physical, but it's also mental and it's also spiritual. Rest for us is we could think about it so many ways, but I'd love to, for you to picture this. Rest is not just going away and unplugging from the world around us, but it's us actively plugging into God and receiving everything that he has for us in those very moments. Unplugging from the world and plugging into the one who is rest. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, right? Heavy laden, heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, I am a realist, and I realize that, that like, that's obviously where we all want to get, unplugging to the world and plugging into God, and, but it is a bit of a process at times. I know some of you are like, yeah, but it's just hard enough for me to unplug to the world around me. But it's a process, step by step. For some of us, the most spiritual thing you could do right now is literally go and take a nap. Seriously. Some of us need to learn how to just break away and rest. Break away, put down the phone, put down our iPads, our TVs, or anything, and just actually rest. There's so much involved in God's presence, right? When we go into the presence of God, what takes place like in this stage of rest? Rest in the presence of God is a stage where we trust and we exercise faith. Because what happens is we say, actually, God, I'm not in control. 
I'm no longer going to strive. And you hear that word strive, and some of you might be like, what does that even, what does that mean? Striving literally would be like this. Striving would be, it's cool, God, I got it. I got it from here. I'll come to you if I need something, but I'm good. Actually, I'll make this happen. I got the gifting. I've gone to school. I've done all the things. I've got everything in my network. I could do this. It's, it's good. Got it from here. Thanks. Right? God, it's, it's okay. I could shoulder the load. I've been working out. I'm good. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could shoulder these awesome. <laughs> Jules is like my hype woman in singing for me. But it's literally striving is us telling God, I can shoulder the load. Whether we realize it or not, we actually are telling God this by not entering into his presence and not like actually seeking him. We're saying, God, it's good. I got it. I know what I want in life and I want to achieve it. So it's cool. But see, where there's striving, there cannot be rest. And where rest exists, striving cannot coexist. They actually are mutually exclusive. You can't have one and have the other. But rest is not inactivity. See, God says here, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Don't get me wrong. There are, there are moments where we need to just sit and be still. We need to rest. But I think for far too long, a lot of us have used that as, as, as an excuse to actually stay in this place of being stagnant and not moving at all. We want to stay still. But in the place of rest, tell you what, when we sit in God's presence, he replenishes things in our soul. Kind of going to go off the, the, the script here, bear with me. But in Psalms, I believe it's Psalm 16, David says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. We try and find joy and, and fulfillment and all these other things when we have scripture telling us very plainly where everything is at. It's in God. It's in Jesus. Why when we're, when we're worn out and we're tired and we just feel like we can't give anything else, why is it that we're by this brook this river of living water, and we choose to just, I'll just come here real quick, God, and, and it's good, and I'm just going to come see you, get my fix, get my morning goods, get my, maybe knock my devotional out, and I'm, I'm done. I don't know if you can see this. Here you go. I'm just going to deal without the mic for a moment so you can see this. We have rest available to us. We have this never-ending well of living water readily available to us. But this is what we're choosing to do. We're choosing to take an eye drop and just get our drop of rest. And it's good. That's all I need, God. Got my drop of rest today. Perfect. My drop of you, my time with you, off I go. Today, maybe I needed a little more, so I'm going to get a couple drops. And that's how we treat this, this endless supply of living water that's readily available to us. We just say, God, I'm going to pick and choose. And I'm just going to come my little, get my little fix. But I want to show you something. This is, why can we do that? Why do we choose to do that? 
when we have this available to us. And God just says, I actually have this available to you. It's always going to be going. All you have to do is come and get more water. All you have to do is come and take a drink. I'm always here for you. This is my rest. It's readily available. All you have to do is come into my presence and I'm going to give it to you. And you see it's still going. It keeps going and going. But yet we choose to get this little eye drop of rest and we say, that's good. That's fulfilled me enough. That's going to sustain me. But God does not just want to sustain us. Amen? God wants us to experience and encounter true rest. He wants us to encounter him because let me tell you, rest has a name and his name is Jesus. Church, I believe it's time that we as followers of Christ understand what's available to us. We want energy and we want to be refreshed and we want to know God more, but then God is sitting there waiting. The, 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 the well is running, but we choose to just run up and maybe I'll just grab a little cup and I'm good and I'm gone. God, it's good. It's good. That's all I got time for. Thanks. But Moses was leading two million people through a desert. That's a little bit of pressure, I would say. But this man understood how much he needed to sit in the presence of God. He understood how important it was. Going back to that last scripture that we said, when God tells him that I will go with you and my presence will bring you rest, like I will bring you rest. It's like God telling you that you come and sit with me. This rest you experience, it's going to go ahead of you and behind you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And this rest, this ebb and flow that comes from me and comes from being in my presence can follow you every day of your life through work, through school, through anything that you do. And I could provide you rest. And everything you do can come from a place of rest. Verse 15. Moses says to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. The next stage of behind the scenes in Moses' life, and that we could take notes from, is I'm going to call it reset. God tells him that I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Now, think about this Moses would come out from his behind the scenes, sitting in the presence of God, and he would come out to these people who. I'm going to be straight up with you. If we go throughout the story, we will see they they weren't too high on him. As soon as they left Egypt, right, and they went to the Red Sea, and they could see Pharaoh's men's, you know, men coming, and the, the chariots coming, all of a sudden they're saying, was there not enough graves in Egypt? You brought us out here to die? Is this what you're doing? And then all the times, we're hungry, we're this, we're thirsty. What are you doing to us, Moses? You brought us out here to kill us, right? 
And then the first time Moses goes up to stand in the presence of God, he's there for 40 days and 40 nights, right? And the people get impatient. And they tell Aaron, the high priest, they say, make some new gods for us. We need gods that are going to go ahead of us. They literally say in scripture, they say, this guy Moses, they actually said, this fellow Moses, who delivered us from Egypt, we don't even know where he's at. We need you to do something. So it's not like these people were speaking life into Moses and necessarily encouraging him. This is what he's coming down to. And mind you, this is the same man was one that battled with insecurities most of his life. Again, at the burning bush and all these moments where he's like, no, God, I don't think I could do this. I can't do this. I can't talk to Pharaoh. I can't lead these people. I just can't do this. And then when he deals with the people, he's like, God, why me? They don't listen. These are your people, your people, not mine. And they're not listening to me. So he comes down from this amazing moment with God, and then all of a sudden he hits this. And all these people in front of him that are just like, you, I don't want to follow you. You think in some ways it's a little bit like our Sundays? Almost like this is our behind the scenes and we come and we get filled up and we worship with family. You walk out of church and maybe the pressures of the week and life that you kind of push beside you for an hour, hour and a half have all hit you straight in the face again. Or maybe it's Monday morning, getting up for work and I don't want to go in the office. Or maybe it's Tuesday or Wednesday, further in the week, when all of a sudden your coworkers are really difficult or someone in your life is really difficult and you have this great moment and you're like, God, just take me back to that moment. Take me back to that moment. In the presence of God, it's a moment for us to reset, recalibrate, Moses was reminded by God, I'm pleased with you. I know you by name, right? No matter what these people might say about you, no matter the struggles that you're going through, this is who I see you as. I see you as this, and I want you to know I am pleased. When we sit in the presence of God, we can actively turn down the volume of all the noise going around us. The world and all of its issues, all of its challenges, everything that it brings in the volume of the world, and we could actually literally turn down that noise and begin to slowly turn up the volume of God speaking who we truly are. He's pleased with you. He knows you by name. God is pleased with you. He knows you by name. He's not disappointed in you. He is pleased with you. He's in love with you so much that he sent his son, his only son, to die for you. He's pleased with you. We sit in the presence of God and our perspective gets renewed, recalibrated. Have you ever received a text message of like someone encouraging you? And you're like, oh, that was really cool that they thought about me, right? You know, you could be going through something throughout the week and someone texts you and you're like, oh, man, that's really, really cool, really neat. It's a little bit like having a text message 
But then what's actually available to you is like, let's say someone that you truly admire, your phone starts ringing and FaceTime is there. It says you have a video call coming in. And it's them. It's like God saying, showing up on FaceTime and he's like, I love you. I am so pleased with you. I know you by name. I love you. I just can't wait to spend time with you. This is what takes place in our behind the scenes. When we actively go and sit at the feet of Jesus, he looks at us straight in the face and he tells us, I love you. I am so pleased with you. Forget what's been going on in your head and maybe what people have told you, but I'm, look it, it's one thing to get a text message, but when you see someone's face and you see the love and the emotion in their, their eyes, right? It does something to you. When you actually see their face, like, because a text message, you imagine people's faces like, ooh, like this could be read both ways. Like, were they like upset when they sent this to me or were they expecting something or how does it look? But then you picture like when you actually see somebody's face and they're encouraging you and they're telling you, God telling you, I'm so pleased with you. I know you by name and I'm going to be with you. It's a game changer. God reassures us in this moment. Now the final stage that we have of behind the scenes for today as we again kind of start off with the first day of our series is Let's call this one receive. Final save we'll, excuse me, final stage we'll call is receive. See, in chapter 34, God tells Moses, I want you to come up the mountain and spend some more time with me. I want you to chisel out of stone two tablets and then come up the mountain. I can imagine this wouldn't be too easy. We kind of just jump from scene to scene, right, in Scripture and just seamlessly read through it. But Moses wasn't the youngest of guys, wasn't probably the most strapping of guys. And God tells him, I want you to carve out of stone two tablets in the morning and then come up Mount Sinai, which you're going to have to hike quite a bit. Come on up. So he does. And God tells him, he says, now Moses, write down these words for in accordance with these words, I've made a covenant with you, Moses, with you and the Israelites. So on those stones that you just brought up with me, I want you to write all of this down. And this is my covenant. This is my pledge. This is my promise to you. This is a contract, my pact that I'm giving you right now between me and you and all of the Israelites, right? Moses ended up being up there for 40 days and 40 nights without food, without water. He wrote on those tablets. Those tablets became the Ten Commandments. But what some of us might not realize is that this moment was actually a bit of a deja vu moment. Because if you go back ten chapters, this actually happened once before. See, God spoke to Moses and he gave him the law. And Moses wrote it all down in a book. Then God told him, he said, Moses, love this. He says, Moses, come up here and stay here with me. Moses, put everything aside and come up here and stay here with me. I, God, am going to give you two tablets of stone that I've written this law on. Stay with me. 
I think that that's for some of us today. Like we talked about earlier with the water, like are we the ones that come and get our fix and then hurry off to the next thing? Or when God is calling for us to come up the mountain and stay here, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to set aside our agenda and say, okay, God, I'm here. But the only agenda agenda is to be with you. You know, scripture tells us that these tablets, the first time around, were truly the work of God. And I'm not making this wording up. This comes from chapter 32 in Exodus. It says, the tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God. Another verse further along says that it was actually written by the finger of God. And Moses was given these. Exodus 34.1, again, when God says to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I'll write, on, I'll write on the words, excuse me, I'll write on them the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. So God reminds him. And God tells him again, he's like, I'll write on, you bring the stones up this time. I'll write on them. But what happens on the mountain is completely different. God speaks to him and he actually ends up having Moses write the tablets. He went from God doing this for him to him doing this for God. I'm going to go to chapter 34, verse 29. Track with me. When Moses came down from, the Mount Sinai, from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant of law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. The Ten Commandments. These are the instructions as well to build the tabernacle where God was going to dwell with his people. Why we call this receive is because in the presence of God, there are some things that can only be taught to you by God himself. There are certain things that can only be imparted to you or gifted to you when you're in the the presence of God. We try to cut around it because in life there's so many easier routes to things, right? But there's certain things that can only happen in our heart or in us, in our lives even, when we sit at the feet of God. Moses received this word, but he also allowed God to teach him. He went from watching God write these ta- on these tablets to him writing on the tablets in front of God. See, when we go, go into our behind the scenes and we spend time with God, we could go through these three stages we experience. We experience, right, the rest. We take a moment to reset and recalibrate, and then we receive Sometimes the order can flip around. Sometimes it's a day to just receive. Sometimes it's a day to just reset. And that's what we need. And then there's the moments to rest. But it's not a one-off, church. It's not a one-off. We could even throw in that after these three stages, we need to repeat. We need to rest. We need to reset. We need to receive repeat rest 
reset, receive, repeat. Come into the presence of God and we experience rest. God will tell us who we are and our true identity will become reset in us and strengthen us. We will receive all that God has for us. And then we repeat. It's a lifelong process. Rest, reset, receive, repeat. We continue on rest, reset, receive, repeat. And like Moses, when the scripture we just read, Moses came down from the mountain and people saw that his face was glowing and they were afraid. Like Moses, when you go into the presence of God, it's actually undeniable to anyone around you. People can tell. When you're spending time in the presence of God, people can see it on your face. For us to live out our purpose, our call, even like what Amory said last week, is to you know, love God, love people, and point people to Jesus. Even to do that, we need are behind the scenes to take place. We cannot neglect them. We need to realize that that's the platform that everything else is established on. To love God, to love people, to point them to Jesus, we need that platform and that firm foundation. Without it, we might be able to do a little bit, but we're never going to be able to achieve what God has truly gifted us to achieve and called us to achieve without him. But you come down from that mountain. You come out of here behind the scenes. I'm going to welcome the worship team to come on up. You come out from your behind the scenes, church. You're different. Everyone around you will experience and see it. When you come out from that place of being behind the scenes with God, see, we could go our driving forces. Yes, we want more of you, God, and we want to experience rest. But think about the lives on the other side. When that curtain that is your life starts to open, all the behind the scenes that you've been putting into place, all the stages you've put into place, and the curtain completely opens and there is your life on display. My prayer for you is that people will see Jesus in you.